0: what's up everybody welcome in to another edition of sspn recaps and ethan there's a lot to talk about there's a lot of news there's a lot of narratives there's a lot of internet talk going on in, in the spurs world um so i think it's good that we can come and kind of debrief today uh over what was really only a one and one weekend so yeah. it doesn't seem too bad on the record books Um, but when you combine the 40 point point loss from last night against the Los Angeles Clippers, um, there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of talking right now on the interwebs.
1: Yeah. I think Spurs Twitter and a lot of the fans and, um, a lot of the, a lot of the haters out there had a, had a nice weekend Jude, on on the internet and here it is Monday evening. I guess we'll post this tonight or tomorrow morning, Tuesday, and, uh, so SSPN is going to do what it does best and kind of bring everybody back a little bit, no matter where you are on the spectrum, whether it be too high or too low. We try and bring everybody right back to happy medium, which is usually reality. Yep,
0: you gotta. I feel like coming onto the show tonight, Ethan. I feel like I'm just like calm,
1: calm. Yes, calm. that's a good. It's a great way of putting it. That should be the theme for SSPN moving forward and <laughs> just season. in general. Just, just calm. Yeah, yes. just calm. Take it like as it that. comes.
0: I like that. So that's the disclaimer I think that we can probably start today's episode with is there might be a lot of critical stuff that we talk about in For today's sure. SSPN recaps, um, but it's the third game of the season, guys, and I'm not trying to be that guy to be like, oh, you you shouldn't worry about anything. You shouldn't, you know, uh, be concerned about struggles or anything like that. But once again, it's the third game of the season, as we mentioned in our last uh content I guess you could say that we did was last Wednesday in the live after the season opener against the Mavericks. You kind of mentioned how you're not really going to have anything definitive until Christmas. I just agreed with that sentiment, but at the same time, we do have to react to what we're seeing and be honest about it. Um and obviously last night was very ugly. I don't really think there's too much that we can really break down or take away from that ethan but the structure for today's episode that i did have did start with the first two games so i figured we could let's start with the clippers game not like right now the second but just in general because there's not really (laughs) too much to break down there other than we just got our butt kicked um Mm -hmm. and then we can go into the rockets game where there was a lot more to kind of dissect and really take away from uh and then afterwards ethan there were three kind of topics that i had um and first was just to talk about the offense and the struggles therein that we've been seeing um and some positives as well um and then also to talk about the rotations not necessarily saying to change anything but just because that's a big topic of conversation right now and even Mm -hmm. me watching the games it's something i want to talk about you know with just some of the stuff that we've been seeing and then the last thing i had i'll kind of keep as a surprise but there's Mm -hmm. a certain role player that I think you already know who I'm probably talking about that that has really made an impact and has been a bright spot for us. But we'll save that all for later. Let's just talk about what we witnessed last night, Ethan. Um, 83-123, to I think, is what ended up being the final score for that Clippers game. Devin Vassell was the leading scorer with 14 points. Um, And yeah, that's about all I have to say about it. (laughs) because it's like we didn't get him the ball enough he's kind of been you know the key 20 point guy for us in the three games that we've seen this season and then as well what we saw from him in the preseason and and the contract that he got going into this season it all really ties into last year as well because we only got 40 games then um obviously Devin has been kind of the initiator for us offensively Mm -hmm. I don't want to dismiss Wembinyama because obviously he's the you know the golden goose if you will and the emphasis is getting him the ball as well too but He's going to have some adjustments, you know, we even saw in the Rockets game, not to jump all over the place here, but we even saw in the Rockets game that, you know, it took him a little bit to get going. Now he showed up in the the clutch and and that's what matters. Um, but kind of the steadiness of this season has been Devin Vassell. And I think that's going to be a theme throughout this season. So when you're not able to get him going and then you combine that with turnovers, miscommunications on offense and defense, um you're going to be down 30 for most of the game,
1: which is what happened. It was definitely a rough one to watch, Jude. I I mean, I watched the first half um, the entire way through and then kind of watched the highlights for the second half. Like, I was kind of in and out of the game because it was just – it was a runaway in favor of the Clippers. And I really think our guys – and this is not an excuse. I mean, we have to be more mature than this and be better prepared than this. But they were really caught off guard um, by how aggressive – the Clippers came out to play, and it's rare that we see a fully healthy Clippers team, and that's what this was Paul yeah. George, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, Zubots, and their array of depth wings that are all defensive specialists and three point specialists. Like they were swarming our guys and pressuring Sohan and Devin early. Uh, and those are, as everyone knows, our primary ball handlers and playmakers, so it, 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 they just couldn't find any openings it felt like they were caught. Like I think we were texting back and forth and you said they look like deer and headlights right now. And I think that's just the most accurate representation of our body language and why our offense looked so, it was just a complete disarray the entire time. And, and Devin yeah. was a bright spot in that he had six of 10. He was aggressive a couple times in the first half. He tried to get our momentum going at a couple and ones, a couple tough jelly layups through contact yep, on Kawhi yep. and Zubots. And I thought maybe we can get a run going from here, but you know, it it just never worked out. And then on top of it, we were hitting back iron a lot. And again, Mm -hmm. not an excuse, but it just felt like our shots were all off collectively, only 33% from three where they were 38%. And then just the cherry on top, Jude, something that no team can overcome is the turnovers. Like you said, 25. And like I I gave the Clippers credit defensively, but at the same time, there were just a lot of dumb mistakes, a lot of bad passes, Poorly timed passes um, and just it a lack of uh, deli- deliberation with our decision making and that's from top to bottom. Um, I was hoping maybe Trey would have a bigger impact coming in and we'll get into his impact later on in the in the in the show. But uh, his his impact was not felt as strongly. I felt in this Clippers game, like he came in and it was just the same usual bad basketball that we saw from the starters.
0: Yeah. I, I echo everything you said, what I had written down uh, for that game was they punched us in the mouth, mm-hmm. like you said, to open with, with the way that they played us, yep. and then they bullied us, um, everybody, yes, you know, um, Zubox inside, um, Kawhi and PG, <laughs> You know we're taking advantage. Uh, just some stuff that pops into my mind. You know, Sohan still getting caught behind screens, and that's the thing with Trey too. We're, I don't want to jump too much. He jumped too much, too far ahead here. But a lot of our guys were getting beat. You know, in one on one situations with with Kawhi and PG, or just them moving in the offense. Um, which, like you said, it's not necessarily. You know, we don't want to make excuses, but it does kind of tie into kind of the Luca Kyrie thing that we talked about after the Mavs. Like we said, you know, we, we saw the, the opening season press conference. We even said it, you know, in our season preview and everything like the the mentality is different this year. So it's not like we're just going to be like, Oh, they're young. But at the same time, the guys that they're getting beat against in those situations, um, are better than them <laughs> as of right now. But still, you would like to say, I would still like to see them play better. Mm-hmm. Um, in in especially than the way that they played last night against those guys um whenever it comes to to guarding you know Kawhi and pg on defense and maybe getting caught up in screens in their offense um but on top of that uh after they punched us in the mouth and and did whatever (laughs) they wanted to (laughs) bullying us um physically on offense and defense i'd say um really that just allowed them to beat us down mentally and physically. You could mm-hmm. see the frustration from everybody on the court, really the most, and I hate to call him out, but I mean, it's just the truth. Like last night, the most frustration I saw was definitely from Jeremy. Um, you, I saw his hands up like this so many times. And a lot of that did have to do with miscommunications. Sometimes there were passes that he made that it seemed like somebody else should have been there. Um, but sometimes it was the other way around, you know, and he kind of still had that same reaction. And, We can sit here and be super critical about it, Ethan, and I'm not saying that that's something I don't want to see improve, because that is something I want to see improve. But at the same time, he's 20 years old in this situation, playing point guard for the first time. So it does make a little bit of sense. But but going back to the Clippers game, because of them beating us mentally and physically... (laughs) They they made us frustrated and discouraged and that's how they beat us mentally and physically. And we just could not bounce back. We, I mean, this was a first round KO and just like, there was no ref to stop it. You know, they were just, they were just hammer fisting us for three quarters. (laughs) Like, like there was, there was nobody pulling, pulling them off saying it's over. We just had to deal with it and we did not have a response. Um, So that was probably the most disappointing thing of this game. But at the same time, um, you know, we'll we'll see on Tuesday. We'll see tomorrow night on TNT uh, without Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. You know, probably on Thursday, they're going to have to play Devin. Um, But at least tomorrow night, it should just be KD and, and Nurkic and kind of the rest of the Suns roster. We'll see how they bounce back because it is it is a new team. And it is really like one of the things that we I know it's a lot of returning players, but as you and I, you know, in our preseason kind of preview predictions, there was some episode. I can't remember exactly which one we were kind of talking about how, you know, just the theme that we've already kind of been talking about in this one, you know, less excuses whenever Mm -hmm. it came to this season and. Well, that is definitely still, like, there's still a higher standard. I think even if you were to look at just the first 10 minutes of this in comparison to how we talked about the team last year, if you went and watched some of our videos, it's even different. But at the same time, um, I'm losing my train of thought here, Ethan. Remind me
1: where I was at. You were saying there's no excuses, but we were talking earlier in the season that, like... This this is where I was
0: getting... Thank you. Thank you. You You got me there. This lineup, and, and... Regardless of the, the point-so-hand thing, that's not even what I'm talking about. Like last year, Jeremy, Keldon, Devin, and Zach didn't even play together that much. Like I forget, mm-hmm. you sent me a stat like after we had that conversation where it was like they had only played 38 minutes together or yep. something last season. It was a lot less than we expected. So the point that I'm getting to here is they are playing for together for the first time. And there's going to be, I mean, it's when you take in that context, it it makes last night a little bit less surprising, not excusable whatsoever. That's not what I'm saying. But if like, for example, if tomorrow night they come out and look a lot better, they might have just they might it might have just been inevitable that they were going to have one of these games early in the season when you consider
1: the context. Does that make sense? For sure. First away game. The starting lineup doesn't have much experience together. It's against a really stacked, solid Clippers team, and you know Wemby's a rookie, and like you said, not a lot of experience between the rest of the guys. They're just caught off guard. But the one last thing I will want to hit on Jude, on top of what you just said, uh, as far as the no excuses thing, just to address it, Jeremy cannot have a zero point game ever. If you're gonna, if he's gonna be the starting point guard, you cannot score zero points. And <sighs> Kelvin Johnson. Can't be one for nine. Um, he won for five from three-point land. Cumulatively, the starting unit only hit three three-pointers. That's not going to work. Um, and Zach Lowe talked about today on NBA Today. He claims that Wemby doesn't have enough shooting around him in that starting unit. I disagree. I think Zach's a capable shooter. I think Keldon and Devin are capable shooters as well as Wemby. And Sohan, time, time for time, he's not a three-point shooter. We know that. But they can't have a game like this where they go only 3 point two, only 3 total threes made in one game that's just not going to work
0: yeah uh, i mean i completely agree on that front and on the front where you know you you talked about their stat line it's not just about their stat line but like sohan only took two shots mm-hmm. and it's because like i said they punched us in the mouth they bullied us and then they beat us up mentally and physically and they basically made us quit like i mean i hate to i hate to say that but that's that's what happened and and i'm not gonna say that if i was in the same shoes i might do the same thing to be completely honest with you
1: like especially getting harassed
0: by Kawhi and pg um and russ um and that's another thing we'll get into but it was it was just tough, man. Yeah, it Papa. It, it's not an post. excuse. It's not an excuse no. that that can't happen with with the Jeremy's got to take more shots than that in general. You can't just completely give up. And Keldon shot bad, but but here's the other thing. Like when you mentioned the Zach Lowe thing, and he's talking about Wembenyama, and he needs more shooting. Like I said, this goes back to the three games thing, but more importantly, man. I, I did a deep dive today. I watched the Rockets game that I didn't get to watch live. And there's also this site. I retweeted it on the SSPN on YT account. Y'all should go check it out. Um, I can't, I'm forgetting the name of it. I'm so bad. But y'all go to the, <laughs> at SSPN on YT, follow us. It's the first retweet. And there is a site that came out. It's something.fans. And they. I think it's bucket list. Bucket fans, And they have tape for every statistical category from NBA advanced stats. And I went and watched a lot of Spurs today. I went to watch a lot of assists. I went and watched every shot that Jeremy Trey and Keldon have taken this season. I watched uh, a lot of Zach's assists as well. Um, Jeremy's and Trey's too. Um, there was a lot of stuff. I don't, I don't know if shooting is the issue. I think we're just completely discombobulated. Don't know how to play together right now. Um, it looked a little better with Trey out there at the end of the Rockets game. but last night, dude in the in in the in the Clippers game, Trey had the same amount of turnovers as Jeremy mm-hmm. and and Russ Russ took advantage of Trey every single time he was out there. Um, and you know still I'm not uh, still I would say overall, of course, Trey played point guard at Duke. He's been playing point guard his whole life. It's gonna look cleaner when he's out there. I'm not not saying that. But like last night when I was watching, when you see, you know, we opened this up talking about the interwebs and a lot of people talking, all of the people who are out there saying, you know, like it's obvious we need to start Trey over Jeremy, you got to acknowledge those turnovers. You got to acknowledge when he gets taken advantage of on defense. You've got to acknowledge the wide open shooters and he misses them in the corner and throws it out of bounds. And that's not me saying, once again, as I just prefaced this, that's not me saying that I don't think that that's not me saying I think Jeremy is playing better than him playmaking wise because I don't, but it's not like Trey's just this, we're going to put him in and it's just going to fix all of the problems offensively Uh, from the first three games that I've seen. I just don't think that that that's the case. I think he's better at finding Wemby, which I think is Mm -hmm. important for our offense. Um, But like you said, with the deer in the headlights thing, we're doing way too much isolation. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's weird the way that it and i i think it has to do probably with just the ramped up intensity of the regular season i feel like that is in the if if anything has shown itself in the first three games ethan with the staggering difference of our offense in preseason versus the regular season it's the ramped up defensive intensity of the regular season <laughs>
1: and,
0: and just reminded me i mean it's to be honest with you it's humbling me a little bit i'm like man i really should not have been as optimistic um not to say that there's still not potential, but I think as high as I was coming out of the preseason, it was like I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have done that. And and but at the same time, it's like with Wembenyama here, you know, we're just like ah! yeah. you know, we're so excited. So it, I don't think it was too egregious, but at the same time, like I said, with what we've seen so far, it, it's a big reminder of that.
1: Most definitely, I agree with what you said about Trey. I think the Rockets game really got people excited about Trey, thinking, like you said, he could fix all the issues. And I love Trey Jones. If you're a regular of the show, you know how big of a fan I've been since we drafted him and since he played in that first summer league and in Austin. I think, like you said, he calms guys down. But it it all comes back to what Pop said, I think, in preseason press conference, or maybe it was media day press conference, in terms of how he's going to use Wemby. And he was like, first few weeks we're just going to let him go. Like we're not going to have like a scheme for him. We're just going to let him get a feel for the game. And then we'll start kind of scheming and actually coaching. Um, So right now, like you said, it's a lot of isolation. It's a lot of discombobulation. And part of that is probably because pop doesn't call plays really for anybody right now, because he's letting them get a feel for each other and they don't have one yet clearly because they haven't had enough experience or time together in that lineup. So it's going to be like this, I think, for at least a month or two, to be honest with you, where it just looks, I don't know, disconnected.
0: Sloppy. Yeah. yeah and sloppy. Dis- disconnected is almost a better word, though, um, because... You know, when, when I think about I've been thinking about a lot of basketball terms also just in the in the wake of these three games and really last night and, and the Spurs offensive struggles, if you will, to start the season. Um, and th- there's a couple terms. There's two terms that one I was coming in with that I knew pre-planned But but as you just said that another one popped into my mind and I get these from uh, shout out to to Dan Miller at San Marcos High School. Um, he's who I do my basketball and brew podcast with, I produce that. So you'll go check that out if you haven't, but regardless, he coached at Laterno university, a D three in Texas. Okay. And they had never, they, they really didn't have much history of winning. They had never been to an NCAA tournament. They had never won an NCAA tournament game. They had never won a conference championship or if they had, it had been a really long time. He came in and did all of those things, got them their first NCAA tournament win, got them two NCAA tournament appearances, and I believe a couple straight conference championships. And he has very good history as well um, in, in Texas high school basketball, et cetera. And, and there's, two, there's two terms that he uses for his teams that I think are uh, applicable. And I know that's a different level, but I still think it's applicable to the Spurs. One is connectivity. As you just kind of mentioned, we feel disconnected. Connectivity is a term that that he uses for all of his teams. If they want to accomplish their goals, they got to be connected. We don't feel connected right now. But here's the big one that I came in with before you even mentioned that. Ball speed. Mm. Ball speed on offense, man. Like, we're not... <laughs> that's very <laughs> our, true. Our ball speed is so slow, and that's so unspurs-like, and it's very different from the preseason. Um, so... Uh, We need to improve that, obviously, but I don't really I'm not enough of a basketball, you know, (laughs) uh, I don't know what to say. Guru or. Yeah, we don't have
1: the solution. (laughs) Right.
0: I don't have to say exactly. I'm just a podcaster. So it I don't know how exactly I mean, obviously, it's passing faster is the simple way to put it. But I think because of the situation, as you just alluded to. I don't know how quickly that's going to come because I think we've got to be connected before we can do we can have ball speed. Because if we just try to have ball speed, then we're going to have turnovers, which is already an issue.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. The one thing I will say ball speed connects to that we should do more often is throw the ball in full court to Wemby when he has someone pinned down underneath the basket. Still don't know why we don't do that. Trey's the only one that consistently throws it up to him
0: absolutely and that's and i and that's the the one thing with the tray thing that i do like i really do see where people mm-hmm. are coming from there specifically yeah uh, i was watching i was re-watching the rockets game today we, this will get us into the rockets game here and devin there was literally a whole like segment you know what i'm talking about sean elliott's like devo you missed him right here and then there was another one we're so have to threw it up and and that does tie into kind of devin's post-game press conference uh against the mavericks where he said you know we haven't been playing with guys who are seven foot four you Mm -hmm. know so so it's an adjustment and it's going to take time not an excuse but it's something that (laughs) here's the the other context with that ethan that i think people aren't taking into account last year we programmed these guys to just go out and act like they're Michael Jordan. You know, I know Kinda. that's an exaggeration, but we just told everybody go take your shot. So now it's, it's, it's like almost a complete 180. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Anything concerning Victor Wembanyama and getting them the ball, I think we should just blanket statement. It's going to take time. Yes. It's, it's things that have to be figured out. That's not an excuse. Like you said, like, Yes, they're basketball players. They should know some of this stuff just inherently, but... They should be more aware. It's going to take time. And that's literally every player that's ever come into the NBA, yeah. except for maybe LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan. It's pretty much it.
0: Yeah. It, it's, like you said, it's, it's going to take some time, unfortunately. But one thing I think we can do offensively that maybe doesn't need to take as much time is emphasizing getting Devin Vassell the basketball, whether that's him running off screens, whether that's him cutting to the basket, because we've seen his inside scoring in, in the, the first three games of the season. And I think that is something that has translated a little bit from preseason as well. One of the few things um, is he's really, I mean that Mavericks game, he didn't even shoot that well from three, but he was able to get 24, 25 points, however much he had because of his inside scoring. You mentioned the jelly layup, um, that we did see a little bit of against uh against the clippers last night um or we need him in pick and rolls as mm-hmm. well like we just need him in some capacity like to to be involved in in some part of the offense i i you know i i, I don't hate having him in catch and shoot situations, but I, I feel like that should be the lesser of the other all the other things that i talked about.
1: 1,000%. The only time I really want him to catch and shoot is in transition when he's the trailer and takes a three. Otherwise, I want him with the ball in some in some capacity because you're completely right. I mean, the Rockets game is a perfect example of what we want him to do. Like, as far as Dev Vassell moving forward, watch the Rockets game. That's what we yeah. need every single time because they did emphasize getting him the ball in dribble handoff situations yep. coming off of screens. He created his own shot. Um, he and Jalen Green were kind of going back and forth for a little bit there. Um, and he had 25 points, three boards, and a couple assists. Like, he was terrific in that game.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the other thing, like when I talked about him in pick and roll situations more, I, I would like to see him taking it up a little bit more. Um, because this, this, like, as we've said from the beginning, this Sohan lineup is not like, yes, we're calling him Sohan at point guard. But he is not; it's not traditional point guard responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like just his handle. It's night and day when <laughs> you watch, like especially today, when I was on that website and you go look at Devin's shots and then you look at Sohan's and you just see the difference in like how they look with the ball in their hands. I, I think that would um, that would help us in our creation ability a lot. And also Sohan on offense, dude every shot he has taken, it's it's like it's either been a three or it's been in the paint. And yeah. sometimes he forces it too much, which I that he needs to improve on that. But there's been a lot of good moments of him cutting to the basket and dunking on people. He yeah. already has multiple dunks on people this year. And, you know, we forget. One was it against Alper and Shen Goon, and then one was on Derek Lively. Um, and so, I mean, those are two two guys who had games against us in both of those games you know um so
1: yeah only thing i'll say in defense of jeremy in that situation it is different from last year in the sense that now there's two guys in the paint rather last year it was just zach so now there's there's less room for him to operate so he's kind of forced out of the paint a little bit more and out of that dunker that's a
0: very good point so. But we still have found him in those situations this year, mm-hmm. like so. Yep. It's, but and I think that Devin having the ball would open up those opportunities more. But with what you're saying is very true, because at the end of the day, while I do like Jeremy driving to the basket, I, I would probably rather have Victor. <laughs> now, that's a very that's a very good two options. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's kind
1: of made it hard for everybody to drive, to be honest with you. And like as great as it is having, yeah, Zach and Wemby, two big physical presences as far as getting extra possessions, rebounds, and they're both skilled on the block. It's like suddenly we're playing old school basketball sometimes and guys just, there's no room. There's no room to operate as far as getting the basket.
0: (sighs) This is also Devin and Keldon's first time playing with two bigs. I didn't even realize that either. It
1: is. That's another complete learning curve. They've never had to do that. Yeah. And Zach last year was really a he was a five, but he wasn't always getting it in the low block. He was like high post or a pick and pop guy. So the paint yeah. was wide open for Keldon to barrel through. And now there's and he like, was
0: the only guy in the paint too because mm-hmm. we were playing Jeremy at the four.
1: Yep, exactly. Or Jeremy was cutting to the basket. Right so now, now, there's three guys. That would technically four if you want to count Keldon. That all prefer to score on the inside. Wemby's kind of an in-between guy, but
0: no, that definitely at least Zach, Jeremy, and and uh, Keldon, and Keldon, and and really when you look at the second half of that of that Rockets game, you know when Wembyama's perimeter shot isn't working, we're going to have to turn to the interior. So Mm -hmm. that's four right there but getting back to the Rockets a little bit, I'll I'll give you some of my notes here. I had finishing quarters. That was one thing I had, um, which they did do at the end of the, it was kind of a little bit of a double take there. And what I mean is that in the second quarter, they really let, right before halftime, they let the Rockets go on a big run, which they didn't finish it well. And then they were able to pull out a run of their own and actually tied it. But you don't want to be in that situation in the first place. Um, And that's a theme also that, I mean, all of last night was bad, but still in in all of the games so far this season, that's something I've seen. Um, and then some other things I had written down, and this ties into some of the other stuff we've already talked about, lack of ball speed, movement, and awareness. Now, granted, I'm, I'm writing this down, and it's like, and I, and I even wrote this down also. Devin said, we didn't have the first, or, excuse me, we didn't have the best first half against the Rockets. He said that in the post-game press conference. This first half against the Rockets after watching the Clippers game looks incredible. <laughs> yeah. Any, anything. I, I, in he's right. He's right. But it's just so funny because I watched that last night and then watched this one and I'm like, oh, Devin, you didn't even know.
1: He had no uh, idea what was coming.
0: He had no idea. But um, that's why I have some of these. If it seems a little critical on some of these, it's because of that. You know, I was still thinking how devin was before seeing what sunday was um i I wrote when we run good when we run plays good things happen most of the time we don't do it often but when we do it usually leads to a good look or a made shot Mm -hmm. um too much isolation we talked about that this is another thing i had written down indecisiveness and nonchalantness um and what i mean by that is that kind of ties into isolation and and the deer in the headlights kind of thing that I was talking about we get the ball and we don't know what to do with it um and I think that 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 ties in to to once again just us not really running plays right now also um, but still if you, if if this is the situation you know you can't just have the ball and then just stop like mid motion when other people are cutting and then everybody's just like okay what do we do we don't kind of have that that constant no- motion but the the nonchalantness that's the other thing i feel like sometimes with our dribbles this is a this is a thing that unfortunately jeremy sticks out a lot of my mind when i'm talking about this but it's not just him i mean i've even seen this a little bit from zach sometimes um and really the whole roster at times too we're just not this this kind of ties into awareness but there's so many passes so far this season, Ethan, that I've seen where we throw it to somebody and they're not looking and then it's a turnover.
1: That's a common problem. Another common problem is throwing it to somebody like taking half a second too long and letting the defender like make a play on the ball. And we've gotten away with it a lot where we're like, we we rip it away. The defender's out of position now. So like, oh, Spurs get a three or something. It's like, oh, great play. It's like, no, it's actually a bad play. We just got away with it. And the Clippers took advantage of those where the Rockets did not. I agree with what everything that you were saying, the rockets game was not pretty either. Um, there were a lot of negatives to take away. I think what, what got us away with a win, um, the rockets are also in the same situation as us. They're a younger team. They make mistakes. They had nine more fouls than we did and they missed half of their free throws. So they, if they had hit five more free throws, they immediately win. They missed 10. Um, and luckily for us, we were hitting shots. So, you know, we were able to take advantage of those situations. Keldon had twenty. Wemby came to game to play at the end of the game, he had twenty-one. And Devin was was consistently aggressive and looking for his shot, he had twenty-five. So when those yeah. three get twenty, we're gonna be in the games. But it's it's those it's those other little mistakes, like you were talking about, that lack of connectivity and, and aggression and and overall chemistry. That makes these games close and almost let the Rockets come back and win. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And 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 that that even ties in to like the the way that that game finished. It shouldn't have been as close as it was in mm-hmm. overtime. But we were able to on that last <laughs> play kind of get lucky with Keldon running to the rim yep. and, to get that dunk to close it out. Um what you just said there, the half second thing where it's like we're like half second too late. That's what exactly what I meant when Mm -hmm. I was saying like nonchalantness, it's just, we're not as intense as we should be on some. And I think that's caused by confusion. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing that, that I wanted to say. So I, you know, that ties into kind of the whole scheme thing. So it's, it's tough because some of it is out of their control, but when you know, this is the situation.
1: There's no confidence in what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing.
0: Exactly. And I, and, and that's because of like what you said, we're figuring things out with when we don't really have a scheme but it's like still you know that's the situation so you've got to be a little bit more intense and it's like if we're going to go free
1: flowing let's let's free flow hard
0: (laughs) you know what I mean
1: Mm -hmm. and you know what that's going to bring me into my next point about this game somebody that free flows harder and better than anybody and I think this may be who you were alluding to earlier is Chetty Osman absolutely and he, almost more so than Trey, and Trey was fantastic in the Rockets game, I felt. He was really connecting was. with Wemby, and he was a big proponent of why we were able to like get into overtime and then win in overtime. Uh, but Chetty Osman is so connected somehow. Even though he's the new guy, he feels the most connected with everybody. And the ball doesn't Because he's a stop. glue guy. Yeah, there's no hesitancy in any of his decision-making, and he's always ready to pull from three on catch-and-shoot opportunities. And he was even solid in the Clippers game, to be I honest agree. with I
0: agree. He was the only reason we were kind of in it at the beginning.
1: And I'm going to make a hot take here, Jude. I, this is not going to happen, so people don't, don't yell at me in the comments. This isn't even remotely going to happen. I
0: think I might but know
1: what you're about to say. Wait. Some things that might help us fix the starting unit... Put Chetty Osmond in the starting unit. Dude,
0: I almost texted you that last night when we were texting, but I'm like, it's three games. I don't want to say anything. Yeah, that's what I was. But And and so, and I don't want to advocate as we're going to say that we like the idea of this. Me Mm. and you are both going to say this, but we're also going to say we're not advocating lineup changes whatsoever, whatsoever, but I I had that thought pop into my mind last night dude because you think about the playmaking skill and you think about what they're trying to do with this and then also I mean and I'm not going to get into that. All I'm going to say is Trey and and Sohan on the bench would yes. probably help a lot of issues there too but still I sent you a tweet earlier today pop literally said in the press conference before last night's game like it's like he's just reminding people, you know, like jeremy sohan at point guard is our 2023 2024 experiment so like i said in the maps game i get where y'all are coming from i really do but this is what we're gonna do like mm-hmm. most likely whether you like it or not you know yeah. or whether i like it or not it's just what's happening so you gotta you know, accept it, but it's a long-term decision, though. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. And we're not winning the championship this year, anyway. I know we want to win games with Wemby. I know we do. I want to. I don't want to get blown out by forty against Kawhi. I don't. Mm-hmm. But it, it. I'm not. I don't think that jeremy starting at point guard was the reason for that like yeah. uh, maybe maybe we start a little bit better but i think regardless of what the starting lineup is last night we lose by at least 25
1: 1000 percent agreed it comes back to what we said at the very beginning the clippers fully healthy are contenders and they are just on paper and in real life way better than our team right now
0: yeah yeah so here's another thing I wanted to talk about offensively, Ethan. And I feel like it, it's Zach did have eight assists in, in that Houston game. That's another thing, mm-hmm. but it still kind of feels like, and I went back and watched all those assists and not a lot of them were out of the post. A lot of them were at the top of the key, maybe at the elbow, mm-hmm. but it kind of feels like we've almost, uh, and and tell me your thoughts on this. Maybe this is just me seeing things and creating it in my head and being wrong, but it feels like we've almost abandoned running our offense out of the post where it feels like it felt like that was going to be the emphasis coming out of the preseason. And Jeremy even said it in his media day press conference.
1: Yeah. uh, I, I I still felt like he did it in the Rockets game with those eight assists, but in the Clippers game specifically, I think it was very difficult. I think we tried it early and it was just extremely difficult. One Zubats is a physical presence like Zach, so he can get up into Zach and play along the perimeter, but they have so many great, defenders we're not catching them sleeping like we're catching the Rockets well, sleeping. Uh, yeah
0: the, that clippers game too it's like they no. just beat us like nothing was gonna work we was tried gonna... it
1: like three times in a row and it was like steal Kawhi, steal paul george steal paul george and then he got batum and covington these are all like really solid defenders so there was just no backdooring anybody in that clippers yeah. game uh, but i understand where you're coming from as far as getting the rock to the post and letting zach maneuver he does it from time to time but it still felt more prevalent in the preseason you're right i don't know
0: it just seemed like they were talking about it a lot it seems like they're shell-shocked in these Mm -hmm. in these first three games to an extent and like that goes back to the intensity but
1: i was gonna say pop pop talked about it a little bit he was like there's there's like a not a game plan but like a, a point of emphasis going into every game and as soon as things start going haywire everyone's ready to mm. abandon that point of emphasis. And he was like, it's not a selfish thing. It's just suddenly you're, you're down by 10, then 20 then 30. And it's like, everyone kind of separates as far as their, their goals. And, you know, they're, they take it upon themselves to be too aggressive at times. They're yeah. like, I'm going to get us back into the game. or I don't want to go. Let's say the post was the emphasis. I don't want to go there. Cause it hasn't been working. Right. Um, that that's just bound to happen, especially with guys of this age.
0: Yeah. But like I was saying is e- even though Zach had eight assists in that Houston game, it wasn't like we're dishing it to him. He's, yeah. you know, he's facing up and then we got people running around. Like when I was talking about how it was like eerily similar to, you know, Timmy yeah. um, and, and the Mavs game, you know, it, it's kind of, it's a little bit tougher to evaluate because when Benyama, you know, was kind of taken out of the game um, and maybe you would have ran things, you know, through him a little bit as well. Um, yeah, that's just that's just something I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching I'd like to see that more but you know it, we'll we'll just have to see that that kind of ties into three games in the mm-hmm. season again the miscommunications what are what are your thoughts on that because we're seeing that on offense and we're seeing that on defense as well
1: I think it's just a trust thing um, like we've we've repeatedly said these guys don't know each other yet um, as much as Devin and Kelton have played together the rest of these guys collectively have not Uh Zach Collins is not the best interior defender when B's new. So it, it's just bound to happen. Um, we were hoping that this lengthy def, uh, starting lineup would fix a lot of those problems. And at times it can just because of their physical gifts. Um, but rotations and chemistry, that's one of the hardest things to kind of build. And it still has hasn't been that long since these guys have started playing together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned Zach there, you mentioned his interior defense, because that's something that you and I were, at least I know I was for sure, like was a little bit higher on going Mm -hmm. into this season. Um, And that's the other thing I hadn't written down. And even in this Houston game was, and this ties into really all of the games so far, offensive boards and physicality in the paint. Um, That's, it hasn't looked as as good as I've expected from Mm -hmm. Zach so far.
1: I think he's physical, and he's always going to be intense. He's just losing because these guys are so much bigger and stronger than he is. And I think he used to be bigger and stronger, but he thinned down a little bit or leaned out, probably as a protective maneuver for his foot and ankle. Um, And he is quicker along the perimeter, but guys like Alper and Shangoon, they're just going to body sack, unfortunately. There's not much he could do about it.
0: Yeah, and that's where it kind of just... I, 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 and we'll see how the season goes. I just hope we can see some improvement like we saw last year there.
1: Mm -hmm. He's always up for the fight. I'll give him credit. He's never backing down. No, he,
0: the reason he's got postered three times, and and, you know, people can say whatever they want about that. But like you're saying, there's, is because he actually tries. Like, I'm not questioning his, um, or or not even, yeah, yeah, intensity or anything like that. It's just like I remember specifically even saying, like, he looked physically better. It even felt better. And, once again that's another example of preseason not being indicative of always translating but at the same time even physically like he looked better i mentioned that and it just it hasn't translated so far but as we're talking about this i am remembering how last season it really he that interior defense we saw him get better as the season Mm -hmm. progressed um so hopefully we can start to see Maybe not immediately because it's not going to happen over one game. But when I say start to see, I mean, it'll probably be a lot longer. It's not probably going to be within like the next two weeks or something like that. But hopefully we can start to see some we can see some similar progression as we saw last year when it comes to his interior defense. That gives me a little bit of hope as we're talking. But I'm sure there are a lot of people out there right now who, who feel like I even have some friends who are like, man, he's just really getting bullied in the paint. Like, and this is our center, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we have a fix for it right now. Yeah. as much as I like Charles Bassey, he hasn't been crazy good. I know he's only had like 10 minutes a game or something like that, but he hasn't been a fix either.
0: He's not, if you if you put him in the, I don't think, <laughs> there's no. go If you put him in the starting lineup, sure, it's maybe worked. sometimes he's going to be able to, you know, physically compete with guys that zach
1: can't but then there's a whole nother list of problems like you were saying yeah. that's really zach's only that's his biggest flaw the only glaring flaw is just physicality down low or i shouldn't say physicality just being I don't, just being strong enough like he just yeah. doesn't have the physical tools to compete down there yeah with some guys for sure
0: because there will probably be some guys right because there will be some games where it where it changes i don't want to be too critical there that's not me saying that I want to trade Zach immediately. That's just me noticing that that's been a struggle Mm -hmm. uh, in the first three games. Um, And the other thing you know that they might be thinking about down the line too is it's like this is him next to Wembenyama. And as Wembenyama gets better, as the season progresses, as I was just Mm -hmm. kind of alluding to, his job's probably going to get a lot easier.
1: Most definitely. It doesn't help Zach either. And this isn't about post-defense, but it doesn't help when our perimeter defenders kind of let – their man get a full head of steam at the rim
0: that's so true and that's like, happened with a lot of guys
1: like i know you have webin back there who's gonna fix a lot of problems and block shots but you still have to slow guys down yeah and not let them get a line drive to the basket
0: yeah yeah I've i've seen that a couple times from yeah. a couple different guys unfortunately
1: holistically jude we should not have expected, even with the lineup change, we should probably, we should not have expected us to go from last in defense to suddenly like top 10. Yeah. Like we're still probably bottom 10 by yeah. the end of this year, even with the lineup changes and the personnel that we brought in, like Chetty Osman.
0: Bro, you want to hear an example of how, you want to hear a really funny stat about this team right now? Let's hear it. We're fourth in the league. It's three games. So that's the whole point. we're fourth in the league in assists let's go bro but we shouldn't be like we've played so ugly (laughs) we're so ugly that's why that's i just had to give an example of how like you could look at that oh the spurs are playing good Uh, they're passing the ball good no they're not (laughs) but we're fourth that we're top five in the freaking league in assists right now apparently championship bound anyways the 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 other (laughs) yes i agree um (laughs) The last thing I had written down here, and this is on the Rockets game, but this ties into the whole season, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but we just have de- that intensity that we saw in the preseason. Like, it's – I mean, we've seen some glimpses of it from, from a couple guys. But as a whole, we we have had decreased in intensity on offense and on defense, and I think it's caused by confusion. Because when we don't know where to go or what to do, everybody – one person stops – it's like it's like the Spider Man meme. Like everybody just starts pointing at each other. Like nobody knows what to do.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's a definitely a fair assessment. And we, we we're really playing completely differently. Like I don't know what it is, but we look way better the preseason. and maybe it was just competition. Maybe the other teams yeah. were just like not into it as much, and suddenly, you know, they, they cranked it up to eleven, and we're just not prepared mentally or or you know physically.
0: It's weird, though, because it's like I see Steph in the preseason shooting the game winning shot against the Kings before we play them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I see other teams going hard and it you know, it not being like this 180, you know, so it's yeah. it's I, I think it, it definitely to some extent it has to do with an increase of intensity for everybody, you know, from preseason to regular season. Um, and I know I'm using intensity a lot there. I was referring to like just the league as a whole right there. But when it comes to intensity for us, like I said, we're just we're not cutting as hard. We're not in motion as much and we're not, you know, rotating as hard and mm. in motion as much on defense, you know, covering our guys like and, and you know, as I'm talking about this, it really just ties into confusion. Like mentally, like when the the, the, the mental part of the game, when we're not sure where to go there, it just, you know, yeah. everything starts to sputter
1: couldn't have said it better myself my friend i mean that's gonna be the that's gonna be the theme for the next few weeks yeah yeah
0: well ethan we should we should uh we should have our special segment here we kind of covered everything else honestly mm-hmm. it was a little bit jumbled but i, I think we think it needed to be because it all kind of tied into each other um but shetty osman as you mentioned earlier that was that was who i wanted to talk about um and you talked about the connectivity. Um, and we've seen his shooting, we've seen his physicality, we've seen his playmaking ability. Um, yeah, there's there's really not too much else to say there, but but I guess give your final little blurb on Shetty for this episode because <laughs> I know
1: you kind of already talked about it. I mean, the dude hasn't had a turnover yet. He's been extremely I didn't consistent. I not even know that. Yeah. He's got 12 points against the Clippers, which is... Kind of crazy considering nobody else got that high. Oh, the Devin had 14. So he was the second highest scorer off the bench. In 17 minutes, hit both of his free throws, had 14 points against the Rockets, plus nine, four for six from three. Like he just provides an energy and a consistency that nobody else has yet to to show.
0: He really brings in a stability regardless really? of which lineup he's in. And I think that's why you see him in there. That's that's why you see that shetty. Um, you just see him in there with the starters. I could list all the different types of rotations, but he's in there with Devin and Keldon a
1: lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it works. He has been a blessing in disguise. We literally got him for free. He he was a salary dump to us, and he's going to prove to be probably the most valuable bench guy next to Trey. Yeah. And I know. I think somebody we've actually forgot to mention. This will be brief. Malachi, because no, he was the guy that we thought it's only been three games like we got to keep reiterating that right but i kind of expected him to be a little bit more explosive than he has been he had nine points against the rockets and how many nine points against the clippers but an inefficient nine points against the clippers yeah. three 12 two for four from three i don't know what it is about malachi uh, maybe he needs to be a little more selfish and maybe it just comes down to that confusion thing like you have continued to say maybe he just doesn't know where he fits in right now
0: Here's my thing, and this ties into to the point guard discussion, whichever everybody wants to talk about. I'm seeing a lot of the same issues on the bench, and I know the talent level's not as high. But we just talked about Shetty, you know, and Malachi. Right. Like, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing. We're just, it's like we're going so fast, trying to move in transition. And and I love I love Trey driving to the basket. And and I've praised, you know, his scoring in Man. transition, driving to the basket and how he can finish in up and unders and have acrobatic finishes. I, I like that, but not every time we have the ball. And 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 that hasn't been, I'm not literally saying every time the bench has gotten the ball <laughs> we've we've ran in transition. But what I'm saying is that I don't like, I don't i really can't think of too many plays like set up for malachi there was the three against the rockets i saw an assist from trey but that was really like kind of also it, it was like a broken play kind of where he got it back and it wasn't right, good yep, assist, but you know what i'm talking about that was the first three of the game like we don't really have like any sets like as much on uh, on our bench either so and, and that ties into you know probably once again the women thing mm-hmm. um but it's just, it's, it's, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it's tough. It's tough to see that happening on both sides. And I completely agree that in the Rockets game, when Trey was with the starting unit that he was able to showcase a lot of his playmaking. So that may be the case, you know, that the little bit of talent, but I think it's less of that. I think it's just, we weren't running as much structure, you know, off mm-hmm. the bench. Um, when he's in there with Malachi, because when I thought of this bench unit coming into the season, you know, when we were talking about this all summer about Jeremy potentially being in the starting lineup, I was excited about this backcourt and Trey Mm -hmm. setting Malachi up. Um, And I don't think, I'm not saying this is all on Trey. I think this is a whole kind of scheme thing, but it, I I am a little bit, I, I would like to see more of that. I would like to see more of our second unit, you know, you know, running stuff, but, you know, it's it, it's tough to evaluate because I'm not sure like what they're telling Trey to do. Cause if they're telling Trey to push it, it's like you can't get mad at him for following instructions. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Especially when he is one of the better scorers off the bench. But at the same time, if he's doing that of his own accord, we probably should be setting things up more. So the whole reason I bring that up, Ethan, is one, because we we would like to see Malachi get the ball more, but Two, because that would make our bench unit better if we could have him and Shetty scoring consistently. But the other thing is, like when you talk about all of these, you know, we're talking about all these solutions, and everybody's just like, if you just play a point guard, it's gonna, it's gonna fix everything. I'm seeing some of the same issues that we have on, on with the starters, with <laughs> with the bench. And yeah. like I said earlier, that's not me saying that I think Jeremy's better at playmaking than Trey. That's just me saying that I think that the issues that are persisting here are greater than just we need a traditional point guard in the lineup.
1: Does that make sense? Yes, and I will say once again, holistically, zero half-court offense right now. We fix that. I think we fix a lot of these problems. I agree. I agree.
0: Well, Ethan, do you think through these three games... We've that we've what do you think of us defensively other than the Clippers game?
1: I think physically we have the tools to be very good. Finally, I don't think there's like a like other than Zach's interior against guys like Jokic and Nurkic and whatever. I I think we've finally closed some of those gaps at this point. It's just going to be a mental thing and chemistry,
0: yeah. We'll have to see. I know it's been it's been disappointing, but if you look at that Rockets game, there there were a lot of stops down the stretch. Obviously, of course, Wembenyama mm-hmm. swatting Jabari Smith twice is Huge. the first thing that comes to mind. Um, but it wasn't just him. If you go back and, and watch that game, like I did today, there were some other key stops from guys as well. Um, Trey forced a, a miss from Fred VanVleet. Fred VanVleet also got him. Um, Jeremy Sohan forced forced an air ball from Fred VanVleet. Um, down the stretch, um, and then got a dunk. I think he actually got subbed out the next play because Javari Smith went right past him. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think that we, as much as people may not feel like it right now, I think we do have the pieces. I just really think, I think the main thing we've gotten from this conversation, Ethan, is that it's all mental.
1: Couldn't have said it better.
0: Yeah. All right, guys, we appreciate you hanging out with us and debriefing with us here today. Be sure to follow us on Twitter to stay updated with all SSPN stuff, at SSPN on YT, at Jude McLaren, and at Ethan underscore Quintero. Don't forget to hit that like and that subscribe button if you enjoyed the content, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. See y'all later. Go Spurs, go.